like to invite Dan Knight up. So um, I'm up here because in December I got a prophetic word for the congregation and I wrote it out because of the nature of the word. It's not one that I have great... I love it when you come and just give kind of words like Gary gave this morning, which is just really pouring out a blessing on it. But sometimes the love of the Father corrects us. And so this is a bit of a corrective word. There is blessing in it. There is a f affirmation in it. So I wrote it out ahead of time. I circulated it to uh, most of the leadership and other people that move in the prophetic here for discernment. I got feedback from them. They're all saying, yes, this is a good word from God. Why I'm doing all this, prim all this um, prologue for you is that when I give this word, this is not something that you've got to simply take at face value. You need to, any kind of prophetic word, you need to also test it against the consistency of Scripture and whether or not it violates Scripture. If it violates Scripture, it's not from God. And so I'm giving this uh, to you to sort of say, as I'm reading this, keep that in mind. I've also printed off some hard copies for you if anyone wants to actually have a hard copy of it so they can go back and look at it ahead of time. I'm saying this as a way of saying I'm submitting this word to you and I'm asking you to do discernment and do due diligence in it. And there's a couple parts to it. The first part is a bit of a beginning, a sort of an introduction to it. Then I'll get to the actual word itself. It won't take very long altogether. It is longer than normally. And when I was praying for this, the picture that I had was I was sitting on the father's lap and he was holding me like a little child. And he was comforting me and speaking to me words. Because 2023 had been a difficult year for me. And he was speaking words of comfort and words of affirmation to me. And then what he did is he took me off his lap and sat me down in front of him to stand in front of him. And it kind of like felt like I was being rejected. But he says, I'm sitting you there because I want to speak to you man to man. So the picture of a little child versus the picture of a parent talking to their adult child now is kind of the whole backdrop to this. In Joshua 24, 12 to 15, this is scripture. This is the word of the Lord that's actually written in scripture. You did not accomplish what you have by your own effort. It is by my hand. It is my gift. I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. So now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods you worshipped before, the guidance and truth of yourself, your experience in culture. That part was my parentheses. Back to the word. And serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems desirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your past or the God who has called you out of the land of darkness and into the land of light. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This passage was a call made by Joshua to the people of Israel during a time of transition when Joshua was no longer going to be leading them, but he was on the verge of dying, and he's saying, there is a future for you, and I am not going to be part of that future because my life is ending. My time with you is ending. It echoes a similar call from Moses as Moses' time was ending, and Moses said the same thing to the people. It also was a call that Moses gave them at Mount Sinai after they came out of the Egypt, after they came out of Egypt and they were about to move into the promised land, he gave them that same kind of, choose this day whom you will serve. And it's a similar call given to them by Joshua and Caleb when they first entered the promised land. They sent 12 spies to spy out the land. They came back. Ten of them had a bad report. 
Two of them, Caleb and Joshua, had a good report, and this was basically a, a call to make a decision who you will serve. This past year has been a year of opposition. For me, I felt that very heavily. It's also been a year of loss, anxiety, confusion, and fear. Yet it's also been for some a year of promise and a year of calling. In our own body here, we've seen people leave in the last year. We've also seen new people come. Okay, that's an important distinction to make. And so now this starts the word that I believe that God gave me. Okay? Choose this day whom you will serve. 2023 has been a year where I have called you out of the past. I have called you into a new life, a future of promise, but you have chosen to wander in the valley of indecision. When did we choose to wander in the valley of indecision, you ask? By not moving forward into the future I called you, says the Lord. For you are gripped with grief, and others of you feel loss and uncertainty. Your security feels gone. Still others are frustrated and angry. You are blinded to the future I have for you because you keep looking to what was and the norm that you knew. So you can't see the new life I am calling to you. You see giants and all the things that stand in the way of the new life. But know this. I am. That's the name of God. I am says, I am in control. I am the pillar of fire and cloud that led my people through the wilderness. I am the one who is with you and will lead you through this time of transition. You feel shepherdless. You feel abandoned. You feel like orphans because you feel like you've lost your spiritual parents. But open your eyes and see that I drew them away because you need to understand that you are no longer infants. You are no longer babies. I am calling you into adulthood. I am calling you to stand. You are not alone. You are not orphans. For I am your father and your mother. I am your shepherd. Hear this. I am repeats itself multiple times. That is the name that God uses for himself. I am, I am. It goes on. I am, I am who leads you beside quiet waters. I am who provides what you need. I am the one who sets a table for you in the midst of your enemies. I am the one who anoints your head with oil. I am the one who in my love will discipline you with my rod and staff, discipline that will bring comfort. And it is I, I am, is the one who gives you peace, not fear, in the valley of indecision. And all of this that I have for you is yours should you choose to accept it. Know that I have called you out of your past darkness into my glorious light. You do not lack, for I am your shepherd and I have given you all that you need to set up this spiritual home. You are not alone, for I have given you brothers and sisters to walk with you. I have given you gifts, not just the gift of Jesus, but of power and authority. To some of you I have given gifts of leadership, but not all of you are leaders. To others I have given the gift of pastoring, but not all of you are called to be pastors. And to some of you I have given the gift of teaching, but not all of you are teachers. And not all of you are apostles, and not all of you are uh, evangelists, but all of you have been gifted by me. And I have given all of you 
to one another. I have given to this house, my church, to you whom I have called. I have given you all that you need to be my people, my church, my light in this darkness. I have given you what you need. You have it today. And this next phrase I bolded in my notes here because this, I believe, is the phrase that God wants to say over and over and over and over and over again to us as we move into 2024. You need to open your eyes to see in your brother and sister the same Holy Spirit that I have placed in you. I'm going to repeat that again. We need to look to one another with eyes opened, seeing the Holy Spirit in them that I believe is in me. I have given you one another gifted as I have gifted for the purpose of building you together as living stones into my church, my light in this area. Your calling is to shine in this community and to draw people out of darkness into my light. I have given you all. In your brothers and sisters, I have given you all you need to set up this house. There is work ahead to make it home. It will require submission to one another. It will require repentance to one another. It will require grace for one another. It will require trust and courage. It will require vision and support. It will require prayer and lots of prayer. But you are no longer children. You are adults, and I've called you to do the work. But know this. I've given you all that you need. I've given you vineyards that you did not plant, cities that you did not build, wells that you did not dig, but it's a land set before you ready for your taking. You do not need to sell yourself back to the past. You do not need to stay in your fear. You don't move forward by looking behind. You move into the future by, and I quote Philippians 3, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. We press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has called us. The choice is yours. Choose this day whom you will serve. Happy New Year, Junction. Where do I go with this? I know a 75-minute teaching for you all, right? Actually, here's the good news for you in this moment. I am flexible and adaptable. Uh, I maybe shared this with you in October. Uh, but in some ways, I liken myself, some pastors and some teachers are like the very well-designed, very well-prepared. No, I'm all good. Uh, you know, the, the chef or the cook who takes hours planning out the menu. And then there are some cooks who just go to the fridge and they start pulling stuff out and we got a table and we're going to make a meal. And so... Um, I'm going to be that kind of guy right now, and I want to respond to a few things that I've heard this morning, uh, and with the Spirit as witness, offer them back to you. And the first thing is this, uh, Dan, as you were speaking and evoking the image and the reminder of Joshua and Caleb, at the beginning of this new year, I would ask and pray that God, by the power of his spirit, would allow you to serve and live with wholeheartedness. Th that was the adjective. That was the description of Joshua and Caleb as leaders. It's what distinguished them, that they were wholehearted. They were wholehearted in their conviction. They were wholehearted in their perspective. 
They were wholehearted in the way they served God. And so uh, I pray, that's, I think there are worse things in the spirit of New Year's resolutions to aspire to as a community of Jesus followers, that we would be wholehearted. Um, this imagery of looking and seeing, actually there's, for me, a connection not only uh, with what Dan's invitation was, and I'll come back to this, um, but, sorry, I don't know your name, uh, guitar playing brother, Lyle, um, you know, as you were sharing that incredible story, uh, for me, it was, it was the refrain of the book of Revelation, look, see, there is more going on all the time than what we realize. And the invitation, uh, you know, the book of Revelation, and obviously people go all sorts of different places for, with that book. Uh, but for me, it is simply an invitation to what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple living on the edge of what was and what is to come. Amen. And followers of Jesus, our posture should be one of looking to see what is it that God is doing. Again, I think we could do far worse at the beginning of 2024 than to look and see what is the new thing that God is doing. Maybe it actually evokes that word from uh, the book of Isaiah where it says, look, see, can you not perceive it? God, by your spirit and by your power in this place, enable us to see what is it that you're doing so that we can join you in that. I mean, the word that I actually did have and did prepare for this morning actually flows out of Hebrews 12, where again, at the beginning of the new year, um, yesterday, any, any Ukrainians or former Orthodox folks in the house? No? Well, Merry Christmas. You know, like yesterday was Ukrainian Christmas um, for followers of Jesus, many the, the Feast of Epiphany epiphany to reveal, to make manifest, to see. Um, I heard last week uh, Pastor Jason shared an invitation to linger a little bit at the manger. I mean, we can do that here on January 7th. And, and what we would hold up in the season of epiphany is the journey of the three kings. Um, if you didn't know this, the kings are like on Kootenai time. <laughs> they, they actually showed up to the manger a couple years late. But they saw a star. And they allowed that to focus them and guide them so that they could see Jesus. And for me personally, as I begin 2024, and usually when I come to this January, it isn't a place for laying out like what are all my dreams or my passions or hopes. What are the uh, New Year's resolutions that I will fail at three days in? Um, but it is actually always, for me, a bell. It is a signal. It is a moment to get going. And in some ways, for me, epiphany signals that more than anything. The decorations go away, and it's like, let's go. And for me, as a follower of Jesus and as a leader of the church, if you didn't know this, I get to serve churches like the Junction and Covenant Churches across Canada. It's an invitation to say, what and how will we join God in God's mission in this new year? And let's get after it. For me, it begins um, not just looking into one another. 
Because I actually think if we're just looking at the spirit within us, uh, we're maybe missing something. We actually have to look to the person and presence of Jesus that unifies, that binds, who calls and holds all things together. That's the spirit that I look to, Dan, that when I look at a brother, a sister, I'm looking, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. As we lean into the year, the race, if you will, that's Hebrews language, before us, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter, the beginner, the ender of our faith. I mean, there's, a, there's a rabbinical saying, a uh, Jewish rabbi, that would talk about scripture as a multifaceted jewel, and the more you spin it, the more it reflects and refracts light. The more you read it, the more you understand it. You see something new. Can we, friends, at the beginning of this new year, see anew the multifaceted truth and beauty of Jesus? I mean, there's too much here for me to simply remember. But hear this. These different descriptions of Jesus, the Savior, the Seer, the Incarnation, the Radical, the Liberator, the Lover, the Warrior, the Pacifist. Are any of these getting your attention? Listen to this. Is there a word or a phrase that will somehow rest with you? Jesus is the Teacher, the Philosopher, the Ethicist, the Healer, the Theologian, the son, the friend, the prophet, the high priest, the creator, the genius, the poet, the lamb of God, the atonement, the hope, the bread, the way, the word, the shepherd, the true vine, the new wine. He's the resurrection and the life, the light of the world, the second Adam, the firstborn from the dead, the judge, the miracle worker, the temple, the river, the living water, the elf and the omega, the beginning and the end, the king of kings, the lord of all lords, the rock, the rose, the star, the lion, the friend of sinners, the image of the invisible God. Are you with me? This is who we are invited to fix our eyes upon. I mean, I would add to this five more. For you as a community, and we talked yesterday as I met with the SLT about what does it look like for us as a community to receive God's word from people who come from outside of the junction? Like, does Pastor Glenn actually have a word for us this morning? What does he actually know about the junction? Well, actually, I think, to whatever extent, the Spirit of God is at work in and through my life. You can test it out. This is both a generic and a specific word for you this morning. I love looking at Jesus across the pages of the gospel, particularly how he responds and reacts to others. I love it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the way Jesus interacts with others. And I love, uh, here are five words, and then I'll be done, and we can have a potluck, and we can glorify God together. First and foremost, in the spirit of potluck, Jesus thoroughly is filled with a spirit of hospitality. And that hospitality isn't limited just to table fellowship. And there's power in that, right? There's power when we break bread together. There's power when we join together around this table and break bread in Jesus' name. Something is actually broken and loosed within the world. 
We actually see that in the Gospel of John. Jesus breaks bread with the friends from the Emmaus Road. And what does it say? Their eyes were opened. They actually saw, were our hearts not burning within us? I recognize in this moment that there's more going on. What does it look like for us to sit in that same spirit with friends, with neighbors, with colleagues, and break bread in such a way that we actually listen and pay attention to the spirit and power of God amongst us? That actually it's not just sustenance of body that nourishes us as we gather around a table. Our spirits are nurtured. There's power in it. Because also around and in the spirit of hospitality, there's friendship. I, mean, I, I just love the inclusiveness of Jesus, and I'm not speaking to a politically correct version of inclusion here. Jesus actually says, sit with me, eat with me, be with me, and he does it. I mean, what was Jesus' rep? Look at him. He eats with tax collectors and sinners. In the ancient Near East, Near East big no-no. But Jesus, in a spirit of hospitality, welcomes and invites and sits with and eats with others. Here, here's the second. Jesus particularizes. Now that's the goofiest word that I'm going to say all day. But I think you get it, right? Jesus, in his looking at individuals, he sees them for the unique, special, particular image of God created beings that they are. I mean, what does it look like in 2024 for us in the name of Jesus to particularize one another? To, to see a new parent, I'm assuming. Or maybe you just go around grabbing babies. <laughs> and acknowledge the challenge that comes, the challenge and the gift that comes with a newborn, to acknowledge that somehow there's a uniqueness to that experience. Uh, may, maybe it's to live out this phrase, be kind. Everyone you meet is facing a great battle. But actually to get curious enough to know what are the unique battles that these friends and individuals are facing, maybe that's something of the opening our eyes and looking to Jesus at work in and amongst us, but to actually see people. I mean, I love the moment. Um, I mean, the wee, who is the wee little man in the New Testament? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee... Jesus, looking up to the tree, Zacchaeus, I'm calling you out by name. Come down. It's cool. It's good. Can you think about those moments in the season of your life when someone else has actually seen you for who you are? And whether it was a spirit of compassion or encouragement or maybe even correction, they actually took the time to look and say, this is the unique reality of that person's life. And, and how might God be inviting me to encourage them in that? Jesus is hospitable. He particularizes. Jesus is deepening. Can anyone tell me Jesus' most famous sermon? 
And how about his second most famous sermon? That's right, there isn't one. Because Jesus actually wasn't a preacher and a teacher. John the Baptist was far more the preacher and teacher. But Jesus' way with others is consistently deepening. And how does Jesus approach a deepening posture? Jesus asks incredible questions. I mean, you want to talk, again, I already confess, I don't really do New Year's resolutions. But in North America today, can you imagine if our posture was one of deepening so that we asked more questions than we made more pronouncements? Can you imagine what would happen in our culture and our world if people were quicker to listen and ask questions and be curious than make judgments and statements? I think this is something of the Spirit of God. It's a spirit of listening and deepening. Jesus asked great questions and he told great stories. I, I thought about this even as we were driving off the ferry and we drove through Nelson and there was this moment like, man, the sleds were out this morning. The sleds were out as we came through Nelson and we're about ready to turn towards Castlegar. I could see all the cars, all the racks were filled. People were heading to Whitewater. As a former skier, as someone who likes to sled, how about this for an image? How about this for a metaphor? How about this for a story? That we, when we come to a field of moguls or when we come into a glade with a bunch of trees, where do our eyes go? Any skiers in the house? They better be up. They better not be at your feet. Because if they're at your feet, they're, you're done. How about that for a metaphor or a picture of fixing our eyes on Jesus? That we would find a line in the midst of that bump field and in the middle of disruption that we would get our eyes up and see Jesus for who he is and how he's at work in our world. Those are the kinds of pictures and metaphors and stories. I mean, the questions Jesus asked, blind man Bart, my favorite. What do you want me to do for you? Can we imaginatively, can we prayerfully ask Jesus in this moment, what might Jesus want to do for the junction? And begin living into that as an invitation to the deepening work of Jesus. I loved meeting with the SLT yesterday because it was clear for me there was a passion, a purpose, and a drive and desire that this community would go deeper in Christ and further in mission. And those two things go together. We don't get deep just to be deep. We grow deeper in Christ so that we can serve the world. How about that for a goal or aspiration, a hope for 2024, for the junction or for any follower of Jesus? Uh, lastly, Jesus' way is patient. I won't sit here very long. I'm an incredibly impatient person. Just ask my kids how quickly I will drive back to Alberta. <laughs> I, I heard recently um, this question, what is the pace of love? Someone described God as a three mile per hour God. I mean, they must have been from the U.S. because they're still living by that crazy measurement system. 
Like, what, what does it look like in 2024 to move at the pace of five kilometers an hour when it comes to Jesus' way with others to slow down enough? I mean, it's pretty hard to particularize. It's pretty hard to be hospitable. It's pretty hard to be deepening if we're actually moving so fast that all we can stomach is McDonald's and fill-in-the-blank McWorld. But to actually slow down enough to be present to what it is that God might be up to. Lastly, Jesus is prayerful. And, And so hear this as a final encouragement to you. As a community, always at the beginning of a new year, like for me, I set apart that season, that moment, that month to be intentional in tuning my heart to what is it that God might be up to in this moment and in this day. For me, for my family, for my work, for the church. Because if we're out of sync and if we're out of alignment with what it is that God's up to, I'm pretty sure the word has a thing or two to say about what happens when it's by our own strength, by our own might, by our own ideas, by our own imagination, and not by the Spirit of God. Um, I think we're wrapping up. Now, I mean, I just think, uh, you know, and we're surrounded here by artwork. (laughs) What would it look like to come back 12 months from now and ask this question, in what ways did the junction look more like Jesus in this year? In what way did I, as a father, as a husband, as a co-worker, actually look and sound more like Jesus? I, I love this quote from Frederick Buechner, one of my favorite authors. He actually suggests that a Christian, a follower of Jesus, simply point others to Jesus because of his voice, because of his eyes, because of the way he carries a cross. Maybe even the way that he carries me. The way he carries a church and says, look, there's something compelling and powerful about that man. And so, Junction, at the beginning of this new year, fix your eyes on Jesus. And he will be glorified Because coming right out of the Christmas season where we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us, the Godhead who is made flesh and dwells among us, the one and only Son sent from the Father, full of grace and truth, might that be manifest, might it it be revealed amongst you, in you, through you, by you. Amen? Amen.